Right, so Canon Canon Conversations back again with uh, myself, Josh the Canon Canon, <laughs> Greg Greg the Bean Sulston, and Scotty Celtic are gonna fucking kill us. <laughs> Celtic are gonna fuck it, mate. Um, unfortunately, we were missing a member this week, and young Matthew because he's uh, got himself a job, which is to be fair decent in COVID times. Well, we'll give him that. But um, I heard I'm hearing rumours that the reason he's not on this week is because he owes you a fiver, Greg. No, I, technically I'm delayed he's not on because I owe him a fiver. Oh, is it the other way around? Yeah. Oh, he, fucking he disaster. Do your fucking homework. I know, he mate. He me into taking leads. I, I was Bielsa loyal, so he's wrote me into taking leads. He's gone for the favourite Chelsea. But I, I was actually looking at the fixtures before this, and I think I'm going to rope him into one to try and get my fiver back. I'll double or quits him, and I'll take someone like... I'll take Tottenham, and he can have Palace. Ooh, I like that one. That's a decent bet. Yeah, yeah, flip it round, flip it round. So you had the favourite in the last game. So he owes you a fiver, double or quits for... No, I owe him a fiver. Sorry, you owe him a fiver, yeah. double or quits. Yeah. I'm asking for spinning. You want me to host podcast tonight? I was about to say, mate, I've, I've, I've had a slow, slow long day at work today. Um, but um, aye, so hopefully Matthew will be, Matthew will jump in and, in and out with us again when he can, when he's not out there grafting, knocking on doors. Um, so we'll start... We'll start this week by chatting about the Chelsea Leeds game, which we uh, we watched. Um, what did you guys make of the game? What did you think of it when we watched it? Thought it was good. To be fair, one of the one of the more entertaining games. I think you're going to get that with Leeds uh, this year. Pretty a pretty obvious statement. To be fair, to start us off, but I think uh, Leeds play pretty open football, and um, and to be fair, actually Chelsea Chelsea looked good as well. I think Chelsea did exactly what. They had to do against Leeds. I know you. I know you. We um, or we spoke about them. The first time outrunning, uh, the first time Leeds have been outran in a in a game of football this year. Um, so ch- to be fair, Chelsea looked like it's all clicking for them at the moment um, mm. as well. They seem to all those signings in the summer, maybe as expected, maybe a little bit, couple of months to gel, maybe, and it seems to have all came together. They might have be, they might be benefiting from the fact that no one's got off to too quick a start. Yeah, so they've kind of been able to do that, and then now that they're gelling together, they look good. I think they'll be. I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I think Chelsea will be up there. What do you think as well, Scotty? What's your thoughts on yeah, the game? It's a proper game of football, wasn't it? Two teams mm-hmm. both wanting to play football, um, and as you said there, to to beat Leeds, you're gonna have to work so hard for ninety minutes. Yeah, the Leeds just run, 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 and just work it, and they make you win a football game. And what you seen there on Saturday night was players believing in their manager and playing for the manager in Chelsea. And that's, I think that's why they won the game. They just they had, they had to work so hard as a unit, and they did. Yeah. Especially going off injured as well. Mm, they mm. key players. That's uh, a fair, fair point. I, I said to you when we were watching the game on Leeds, like, Leeds, Leeds just make me buzzing to watch footy. Like, I love watching Leeds. They make, yeah. me, they make me want to go and play, and then they make me want to also, like, go and coach again. Like, just everything they do, the way they work, the way they try and play, I mean, I was saying too, they give the ball away quite a lot though, don't they? But they don't get punished for it a lot. How stressful would it be being a Weeds fan, watching that every week? You'd have heart palpitations yeah, every week. They go away in their own third quite often. I think yeah, they do. I don't, I, I feel, I feel like they've, it's been like that for most games. I don't know whether maybe Chelsea didn't make enough of it, but in most games they seem to recover, even, even when they give away in dangerous situations. Considering they just come up to the Prem, that's yeah, pretty that's decent. Work, work great of just getting back. As yeah. Two or three guys drop back straight away, and they're so fit they get back in shape. And it's quite hard to punish a team like that. Yeah, 
No, massively. Um, do you, like I was thinking about it when we were watching the game. Obviously, they've been really decent so far, and they've had history of it in the championship. Um, a couple of times under Bielsa dropping off. Do you think they'll be able to keep that up week in, week out in the Prem? I know they only play like one game a week, or, you know, obviously when it's Christmas, they'll play a little bit more, but they're playing one game a week for the most part when other teams are playing in Europe. I just wonder if they can do it for the whole season with, with like playing at the next level, that I is mean, the Prem. Playing at the next level, but how many games do you play in the Championship? And you play yeah. Saturday, Tuesday, or whatever it is. Yeah. You're doing the Championship, it's not going to be a question of fitness, but as you say, you're going to, you're going to come back against some quality teams that are going to make it even harder for you. To be fair as well, I know, I know we're singing their praises in that, but they've still not picked up many points. They obviously mm. put on that, but... Um, and I, obviously they, they, they will stay up and whatnot, and it's their first year in the league, so it might be too harsh to criticise, but they're really not picking up too many points at all. Um, and like they, they really can't afford to, as you say, drop off. Like You, you can't afford to do that in the Prem, because if you go... Like Lucas Sheffield United, they've gone weeks and weeks without picking up points. Yeah. And let's be honest, everyone's saying that they're down. Because mm. so many teams are going to pick up points here and there in the Prem. If you go weeks without picking up anything and the Prem is slipping off, like like you say, like Leeds maybe would, they're, they're yeah. fucked. They're away. But I just think that they will win enough games where Sheffield United aren't winning games at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not comparing the two. I think like, yeah, Leeds, yeah, no. Leeds will definitely win enough games. I'm just referring to the point of if they were to slip off, they just yeah. can't afford to do that. But shout out Matt Cannon Sr. He said, first year back in the Premier League, just stay up, get enough points yeah. to stay, and then yeah. think about next season. I think yeah, they, they will get enough points to do that. Yeah, massively. They're currently, I look, they're 14th right now on 14 points, eight points from the relegation zone. But I mean, they're yeah, good. they're doing okay. I agree. I, I think that they've got enough to stay up. But at the same time, I also agree with what you said there, Greg. They're, they're definitely not going to be able to drop off. I mean, there's, they're good enough to stay up, but there's also a chance that they could, like, be somewhere down there. I don't think they'll be like in the relegation zone, but depending on how they do, there might be a point where they're you're like, oh shit, Leeds are that far down. But they've got way too much. And if you look at like the teams that are down there, like your yeah, Brighton's, West Brom's, Fulham's, Sheffield United, obviously Leeds. Leeds are clearly a step. Mm. in terms of just like quality and, and buying into what the manager wants them to do like Bielsa's been there for what three four years now and they know they know what Bielsa expects of them and which is obviously quite high standards and for that reason they're, I don't think they're ever going to be in danger of course but mm, yeah no I think I think they'll be good they're definitely good enough to stay out but they are they are a joy to watch I agree I think I think I said this on Saturday too maybe not against like maybe not against your, your top your you know top six but they definitely I think could do a turn in some games some draws into wins yeah. and some losses into draws like there's moments in games where they could do that but first season in the Prem it'll, it'll come I think with experience if they they can keep that group together if Bielsa stays they do decent they get a good bit of money for finishing in a decent place in the league like Leeds will be Leeds I think straight up will be like decent like they'll be like a top eight yeah. right away next season if not this season yeah, do you think they maybe need? I know I rate Patrick Bamford. Do you think they need someone that is even maybe a wee bit more prolific? Yeah, someone a bit more. If, so if they had a clinical striker in this season, they'd have way more points. Yeah, I think so there's he's a, got a lot of good chances to win games, isn't he? 
Yeah, there's a reason. I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea is obviously one, one of the bigger bigger clubs in the league, but there's a reason where, why he wasn't really getting a sniffing around Chelsea, right, for so long. I know they don't really give a chance to their young kids a ton, but yeah, I agree. I think he could he could do with take, taking a few more chances. I think he misses yeah. a few that he should probably take. That would massively help Leeds. I think that's an in, he's an interesting one to watch because they might need to they might need to get someone just that next level up from him next season. Depending, he scored on what a happens. ton of goals in the championship last season and got them yeah. to where they are. So yeah, so, no, yeah. The, the, I think stick you've got to stick with him this season, but definitely keep an eye on on how he's doing because. The Prem's an unforgiving league. If you don't take your chances, you'll get beat by absolutely anybody. Leeds need someone like Calvert Lewin, who just yeah just scores gets the ball in the net somehow. Yeah, especially no, ma- the Leeds play. No, massively, absolutely. Um, you already said it, Greg, but Chelsea were the first team to outwork Leeds, which is huge for I think just Lampard uh, from a coaching perspective. He'll look at that and be buzzing with that because ultimately, if you can get your team working that hard for you. You're on the right path as a group. Yeah. They've signed a lot of like big players, um, and if you compare that to to some other teams in the league that have big players that maybe don't work as hard, like all of them look like they've gelled quite together. There's not a lot of egos in the team. It looks like they're actually they've settled down a lot quicker than I thought they would settle down. Yeah, I would agree, and I, I think we were talking about it at some point, but I I, I don't think uh, I think Frank Lampard's probably actually way more. I don't know if strict's the right word. He's not a fucking teacher, but like way more disciplined in terms of, I don't think he's going to allow egos and that. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's been there and done it. And I think he knows that like, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't have someone that's not willing to work things or two, like bigger than the team, for example. And I don't think Lampard's going to allow something like that. As you say, I think they've gelled well. And I think if there was an ego in that team, I think Lampard would at least bring them back down to earth or um, basically say like, nah, that's, that's not going to work here. Yeah. And Lampard's worked under some of the biggest managers in the game as well. You've learned so much from that, hasn't he? In that respect. So. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. And he's been in a dressing room where you had Drogba, Terry, you know, all Torres. those guys, Perchek. So guys that probably did have egos, but at the same time were quite humble people that, like, their their main thing was they would, they would work for the team first yeah. before it kind of came down to them, all of them, regardless of who they were. So I think I... When he first took the job, I, I've said from the beginning, I think that Lampard has something about him very similar to Gerard. I think Gerard, they have something about them, obviously coming from being his players and all these players that are now playing that are, you know, te- like late teens and early 20s. So they've looked up to Lampard and Gerard as people that they like idolize as kids when they were growing up and now they're, you know, they're getting to be managed by these people. They'll automatically get that respect from those players. Um, so... I think Lampard's doing a decent job. They've they've also comfortably, no, the group wasn't solid, but they've comfortably qualified for the knockout phase of the Champions League, and they're in the hunt for the title. I mean, it's been it's been a solid it's been a solid first few months for them. Yeah, as well, because even I think last year, as you say, they were they I think they did quite well in the Champions League group stages last year. Mm. But their league form obviously wasn't that great, um, and so he's obviously been able to kind of pick that up and. And as you say, they've probably got more um, strength and depth now, so you can maybe probably um, rotate a little bit better, which obviously has a big impact in that. But again, yeah. it shows you that they are obviously gelling well as a team. To- and I love what he's done with Giroud as well. Mm. Giroud mm. came out saying he wants more game time, and he gave it to him. He won the won them the Champions League game, and then starts him at the weekend, and he scores. Yeah, but yeah. No, I mean, I, I put it on for a young manager to. 
Yeah, I put it on. I put it on the sheet. I I couldn't believe this when I saw it. Olivier Giroud has now scored as many Premier League goals, eighty-seven in total, as Dennis Bergkamp. I mean, oh, Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp's obviously classed to be one of the you know one of yeah. the best players to come into the Prem. Different style of players, but he's banged in a fair amount of goals. He's definitely underrated. Oh, 100 percent. I think he's just so good in the air. It's a joke. He is. He, he's good with his feet too. Like he can do both. Like at yeah. Arsenal when they played on the ground, he he was decent. He was decent with the ball at his feet. He can do both. He's really versatile. I know he's a bit older, so teams might not take a punt on him. But I mean, I'd have Olivier Giroud in a heartbeat. I think he offers you so much, especially I'd coming have off my the bench. Bedroom, Josh. He's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> he yeah, is. A, he is. He is a good looking lad. He definitely is a good looking lad. He's got no problems when he's going out in London, does he? Yeah. Nah, lucky boy. It reminds me a lot of young Matthew Cannon. A young Matthew. I know Matthew's not here to see all the compliments this week. Instead of getting ripped, he's getting complimented. He's unlucky. He'll, he'll, see it. he'll see it when he watches it back. But nah, Giroud, Giroud, absolutely definitely underrated. The one thing about Chelsea I, I've been impressed with this season when I've watched them play is I feel like they're able to adapt tactically quite well in games. Like if you watch them against Spurs last week, Lampard obviously knew what Mourinho was going to do. He knows what Mourinho brings. And they played completely different to how they played Leeds this week. And I think if you're going to be successful in the Prem, you have to adapt like week in, week out because everyone plays so differently. And Lampard in his early days as a manager, I think he's showing that he can adapt week in, week out so far to, to suit whatever his team's playing. And his team are adapting to it very quickly. And again, that's a sign of a team that are on a good path and are definitely going to be, are going to be dangerous. Do, do, do either of you guys realistically, obviously, right now they're in the title race. It's possible. Do you think that they they can win the league? They will win the league? They no, can. I don't, I, don't, I don't think, though. I think it's too early for them. I think it's hard to make, to bring in that many. I know we've said that they've gelled well, but it's hard to bring in that many players in such a short space of time. Yeah. And be successful within, within 10, 11 months. It'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks how they play without Zayek because he's been so good for them going forward. Yeah, so creative. It's interesting to see how they can they handle without him. He has Ver- speaking of Bamford having to put away uh, chances. Timo Werner definitely mm. should have a few more goals to his name for sure. Um, yeah. I was I was absolutely gutted when when he didn't come to Liverpool because watching him in Germany he's, he's brilliant. But the it's interesting because. Especially when you're Chelsea, I think teams will naturally sit a bit deeper because you're one of the better teams. Mm. And Werner's, Werner's main strength is like playing on the shoulder and like 1v1 and getting him behind. And if he goes through, like you don't catch him. He's lightning fast. Yeah. I mean, he set, he set up the third goal, didn't he? Mm. Where he squared Pulisic. And I mean, when he's through, he's rapid. There's no catching him. But he's definitely taking a bit of time to adjust to the Prem. Like, but he needs, to, he needs to put away a few more chances. Um. And I think that will help Chelsea even more if he if he starts banging them in from playing like a little bit wider. So, um, so you neither neither of you think Chelsea, Scott, you think they can, but neither of you think they, they can. Will. Yeah, I mean, it's a big December is a big month for them. I think. A yeah. yeah, but they they look so good going forward. They've got so much quality that they will keep scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and they look solid defensively. Yeah, some, um, I think Silva's been a huge signing. Mm. On, on and off the pitch he has to be he's been a really clever signing hasn't clever, he yeah. they, they know he's not going to be there for a long time he's going to be there for a year or two but he's made the team better instantly it's a bit of a stop gap and he's also going to be helping along the centre-backs that yeah. they have there it's a uh, uh, Lampard's 
Lampard has impressed me at Chelsea. Anything can happen. It's only 10, 11 games in. But I think if you're to say right now, Lampard's, Lampard's definitely on the right track. 100% with the Chelsea. Um, moving on to the other game that was on Saturday. I don't want to like talk about this one for too long because we, we didn't see it live in time. We were having a couple of pints instead, which was better than watching West Ham against United anyway. But there was in the Man United game, there was the controversy about the ball... Was it out? Was it in? Um, to be honest with you, people are talking about use VAR to check that. I really don't fucking want that because I think if you start checking shit like that, what are you not checking? I think that's up to the linesman to see if it's out or not. And if he hasn't raised his flag, like, I mean, tough shit, it's, it's part of the game. I don't that, want VAR coming in for that. That's the good breaks and the bad breaks of the game. If the referee yeah. makes a call and is wrong, fuck it, that's just the way the game goes. You don't need VAR for that shit. Mm. No, I don't think so. Yeah, that I think that, I mean, that's similar because it, it, it came to a goal. That's similar to like Liverpool's Luis Garcia, like goal score, like was it over, was it not? I just think you get like luck of the break on those moments it, or you don't. The camera angle is absolutely awful. Yeah, you call it, it there anyway. Fucking I, I, I agree with what you're supposed to say as well, but like, as you say, the linesman, if the ball, the ball's over his head, mm. so... Is he on the pitch or is he not on the pitch? Even if he's doing his, his job, like, before VAR, he's surely, like, if VAR wasn't even a thing, he's still expected to get that right. Just yeah. because VAR is to back him up doesn't mean they can just start neglecting what they're doing. Do you think, like, refs, because they know VAR is there, that maybe subconsciously they're kind of like, well, if it gets, if, it, if I get it wrong, then I've got something to back me up. But, you know, they're not always checking every single thing. I wonder yeah. if maybe refs are thinking that. Probably to, an, probably to an extent, and they're thinking, if you've got like a backup like that, you're probably always going to second-guess your judgment as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing for that one as well is it's like, fair enough, even if the linesman's looking across the line to see if the boy's offside or if there's an offside shout there, potential. Mm. But the fourth official can still talk to the ref. Yeah. Like, it's over, it's... It's over the manager's head. It's over the fourth official. It's over the linesman. And none of them will bother doing anything. I agree. I don't think you can get VR looking at that type of call. Or nah. you'll be there. James will, take, James will take an hour and 40 minutes to play. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be checking absolutely everything. Is that a wee fucking chocolate advent? Yeah. We uh, think there's yeah. Oh, man. I'm not going to have a calendar this year. I need right, to get mad. Right, we homemade for us. Yeah. Oh, look at that, mate. It's like a wee fire with a wee stalker in that. I love that. Love that. That's decent from Kim. Mandy needs to get on it. She's I've got lagging. off topic. I've got a hero's advent calendar, and I swear if they give me one more fucking fudge, I'm gonna write a letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of fudges. What's your favorite? Like out of those, what's your favorite chocolate? Straight up dairy milk, mate. Wait, just straight is this up. How bad podcast gonna be with like Matthew? No, yeah. I'm just. I'm just. Uh, it was just. Just. I would like to know what your favorite chocolate is, mate. Or a crunchy. Yeah, I like a crunchy. Galaxy caramel. Yeah, ga- I'm. I'm a galaxy man. I'm a galaxy man. Yeah, there are right. a dozen though. Anyway, we'll, we'll get. Ah, yeah, it's true. We'll get back. We'll get back to the feet stuff. Um, I mean, Solskjaer didn't start Bruno. Bruno and chat, by the way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Solskjaer didn't start Bruno and Rashford. Um, which when we all saw it, we were like, well, that's, you know, Man United probably aren't strong enough in depth to do that, and it proved right because in the first half, apparently, according to Gary Neville, they were absolutely dreadful. Reading it on the We Sky Sports thing. Um, but they come on, they win the game. Um, some of the stats I had um, just about Bruno, which I think just goes to show he's, he's going to have to play every minute of every game. 
in the game against West Ham, he created eight chances, more than all other Man United players combined, which was six. And he was only on the pitch for 45 minutes. So right away, that's tell. I know that's his role, but he's so crucial to that team that they can't afford to rest him. Yeah, they can't. Even even if he is tired of that, I, I think all... And they've obviously got a massive game tonight. I'm just quickly trying to check the lineup, but they've got a massive game tonight. But you can't... He's too good and too mm. important to that team that I think you've got to go, to go and say to him, look, everything goes through you. As you say, you create all our chances. Let's be honest, he scores the majority of their goals as well. Mm-hmm. I think if you're Ollie, you're literally going to the guy and saying, look, can you, can you just do me a massive favour? I need you to play. And I need you to try and play literally every game. Yeah. Yeah, massively. I agree. Scotty, do you think the same? Um, I mean, he's got to play. Right, Solskjaer's been given a tough gig on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we're staunch Liverpool fans, all four of us. Clearly. But he's the ultimate chess player. I reckon he's just <laughs> fucking with West Ham on Saturday night. I'm not going to play Bruno. Bring him on at halftime. There you fucking go. You, this is going to be a really stupid question, right? But is it Bruno's football ability or is it just the presence of the guy that lifts that whole United team? He's making other players better. Also, he's unbelievable at football. Yeah. But when they see him coming out at halftime, it surely gives the rest of the team a lift and they go, all right, here we go. Yeah, but that's football that because the player he replaced was absolutely dog shit. Yeah, but that's his football and ability. They know that he can be that good. I think I think you become more confident if there's nothing better if you're playing football and there's someone that wants the ball. Mm. So, yeah, and wants to get wants to give it and pass it and yeah, but play, if you, play if you're the slightest bit nervous or, or which, by the way, no one that plays for Man United should be nervous. No, no, nah, but then even if you are are lacking in confidence. By, by the fact that there's someone on that pitch that knows no matter where you look, look up, he's shown for the ball. I think that makes a difference, but it is just purely down to his football and ability. He can, he's he's work, world-class painfully, but he, he uh, is. He's, the best, he's the best player in their team by a mile, and it comes down to, like, even tonight, you can, I can guarantee right now, if they if they win that game tonight or even get the draw that they need, um, he's starting in his normal position, and it will be because of something that he does. Yeah. I uh, agree 100%. He also, I've got a bit fucking stat mad this week because there was loads of stats about these games that was like that I found interesting. But he's created 35 chances in, in the league this season. That's more than any other player in Europe's top five leagues. So, I mean, he's got, he's, you can see, I always like to do an eye test and like a, a fat stats chest, uh, test, right? So he's, he passes the eye test. He looks class. And if you look at his stats, I mean, there's fucking... There's no no denying he's decent, unfortunately. Um, just yeah. Bef- yeah, go on, Scotty. No, 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 you go on, you go, because it's going to no. link into your point. Yeah, no, I was just going to say b- before we move on, um, to finish to finish with, like I was I was looking, I was like, where where are Man United right now? Because Solskjaer is getting a lot of stick, right? Um, and we noticed it when we looked at the league table after the, after the game against West Ham on Saturday. It, all, all in all, Man United are in the quarterfinal of the League Cup. They're one point away tonight. Obviously, we'll see how it goes from qualifying for the Champions League knockout phases. It's not, it's not shocking. A lot of teams go down in the last game and need something to get through, right? And it's a difficult group of Leipzig and PSG. They're fifth in the league on 19 points with a game in hand. If they win that game, they're two points behind Spurs and Liverpool. So you can't be saying Mourinho's doing an amazing job and Solskjaer's not. You know what I mean? Like the perception, the perception and the reality are, you know, Almost two different things. Mm. Solskjaer needs credit because he's managing a big team 
a lot of big players, a lot of big egos. And I watched the Southampton game, and they were absolutely awful again that first half, 2-0 down, looking out of it. And mm. he, he, he makes makes another sub, turns the whole game around, and he wins the game. He's, there's a bit of a belief there, I think. I just feel like, I don't know what you think, Greg, I just feel like the it's, it's almost kind of like Celtic, too. There's so much, you know, there's so much riding on them as two massive clubs and, and being Man United being the most successful club in England in the last 30 years, right? Celtic obviously doing winning, winning the last nine in a row. Like there's so much on them that sometimes the perception and the reality just get... I mean, we said this about Celtic. I know they just drew against St. Johnson on the weekend, so that's not good, but they're not miles behind. Like if you, if you can stick with it, Man United are doing... Are doing all right. I mean, if I if that was Liverpool right now, I'd be like, we're fucking in it. And how there's so much analysis on Man United as well. Every game you've got Ferdinand in schools, or you've got mm. Gary Neville, and they just rip them apart for every single. It's still a young team under Solskjaer. Like, give them a chance. I think. Yeah. I know it's a huge club and they have huge expectations, but I do. I you're right, obviously, and they're and they're doing better than, and he's probably doing better than what people give him credit for, but. They don't pick up many points against the bigger teams. No, that's true. Like, they drew with Chelsea. They got beat off Arsenal, if you're still classing Arsenal as a good team. Yeah. They got dicked off Tottenham. They play Man City this weekend, which is obviously, to be fair, they do all right against Man City normally in the last few, most, uh, in the last few Manchester derbies, as far as I can remember. But if you're, getting, if you're not picking points up, points up against the, the so-called bigger teams, you're going to struggle to win the league because... Yeah. You're giving them all a head start. So, like, fair enough, yeah, he's probably doing a better job than what especially we give him credit for. But he needs to find a way to improve their performances against those bigger teams. And watch this. Now that I've said this, everyone might as well get money on them to beat Man City at the weekend. <laughs> they'll pump Leipzig tonight and pump City on Saturday. Yeah. But... They're ahead of City in the league by, by one place. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, and no one's really... Pep's not getting a massive hard time for the money. He spent fucking more money and has has a bigger squad than Solskjaer does and he's not getting shit. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting. When I saw that, I was like, he's definitely getting a harder time than he should be. Mm. Mate, he's getting a harder time. There's going to be a horny young Dutchman that's going to love this podcast named Thomas Simmons. Always know, at mate. the fucking wheel. I can't, believe, I can't believe we've just sat there for five minutes and praised Man United. So I've it's got... A, I hope they get pumped tonight and they get Rangers in Europa League. Yeah, mate, I'd love you. I'd love a Rangers United man. I'd be fucking well up for that, one hundred percent. We'll move. We'll move on to the Sunday game. So, um, Greg, myself, and you watched the Ross County Rangers game on on Sunday. Um, at the same time, West Brom were playing Palace, and we both like instantly were like, "I'd rather watch Rangers," which I think says a lot because I've definitely been as a Liverpool fan. I'm living in America. I've watched the Prem every, every single week. That's just kind of like the go-to. But I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to watch, uh, I wanted to watch Rangers because they're they're quite enjoyable to watch, and they were they were decent against a relatively poor Ross County team. But I mean, that was probably their level. They they probably couldn't have done much more than what they did against Rangers. No, I'd agree. I think I think Rangers look comfortable. To be fair, but like they're. They are maybe just no disrespect to to Ross County, but like the the quality, there's just maybe a little bit too much quality there on that Rangers team. I thought Ross County did all right to kind of shut them out for what was it the first twenty five minutes maybe, mm-hmm. but as soon as that first goal went in, I think Rangers were already looking so comfortable. I think 
Ross County had a decent chance maybe just before, and, and I remember us talking about it and saying they had they had to take that chance. It was literally one of the only times they made it towards the box. Yeah, we were maybe just struggling to get a wee bit. I think that's what Rangers do so well just now is play so high and press so quickly that they get you under pressure. <clears throat> it becomes almost almost impossible to get out, and that just becomes relentless and relentless. And obviously the the Ross County back four probably were over like it's it obviously going to be their toughest game that they've played so far this season because it must just be relentless every single time you're receiving the ball there's someone there to press you within within the first three or four seconds you've got no time to think about it at all um and then it just it, it was just i mean the first the first goal from uh from rangers coming down the right hand side stephen davis and um Pavaneers, like very very i wouldn't go as far as saying world class but it's very very good football um and as I said, once that first goal went in, I think it was it was pretty clear that that Ross County were were probably going to struggle to get back into the game. Yeah, we you said it there, Scotty, when we were watching it. I know you were out losing losing five quid to to Tommy Simmons on the golf course, but um, we said like it's after about five minutes. As soon as Rangers get one, it's over. Yeah. As soon as Rangers go one 0 this game's over. So yes, I was on the golf course losing five pounds to that little ginger fucker, <laughs> as if he needs another fiver. I know, eh? but. So I was, I was playing golf. That was the first Rangers game I've missed since 1992, by the way. Um, for the is that the year you were born? I'm, no, I, was, I was born in 95, Josh. As I say, I'm 93. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but, so I was out in the course. I didn't have my phone. didn't know the scores. As, as I was walking to the car to check the score, I thought that was a potential game that Rangers could slip up on. Mm. But a huge game in uh, Europe on Thursday night we had to work so hard for. It's a bus up to Dingwall, a freezing cold day, not the nicest of pitches. That's a potential game you could easily lose. And I was actually really nervous checking the phone. Um, so I was actually waiting to text back from a young lady. But, um, oh. yeah. and, um, Interesting. Check, I was generally nervous about losing the game. And when I seen the score at 4-0, I thought, it's a totally different Rangers. Like, they're the games you potentially lose and can cost you a championship. But it was just so easy. And then watching the game back, for 25 minutes, Ross couldn't give them a good game. They had a couple of chances. Could have gone 1-0 up. There's no panic from Rangers. There's no panic from Gerard. Keep playing the same game because he knows that he's going to win the games. And there's a, there's a belief there that you can win these horrible games. And that's what wins you, wins you the trophy come the end of the season, especially playing a Ross County at 12 o'clock on a Sunday. It was a horrible game. Um, yeah. 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 Mate, I was thinking this as well because I, I had a wee look. I mean, you... You rotated a couple of players in as well, right? Like, yeah. um, like Davis, Davis since the Davis play in the week, and um, yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, but he doesn't often play. That doesn't that often game. play, right? But, but I, I was looking at yeah, that was it. Scarfield rested. Sorry, um, the 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 depth's decent, and we said this the other week when when you make subs, the level doesn't drop off really at all. It, it stay it stays at the same end. You're look, they're looking good, man. I mean, Celtic obviously dropped points against St. Johnston. Um, and then you had that whole shit again with Celtic fans outside fucking chasing the bus and the board have come out and said they're back in Lennon. I mean, Rangers and Celtic are in two different worlds right now. Yeah. The biggest yeah. thing I noticed was so that game on Thursday night when Rangers went 1-0 down, we're getting absolutely battered again. Again, it wasn't panic stations. The team worked together, got back in the game, 1-1. And all of a sudden, they go straight up the other end of the pitch and go 2-1 down again. You're thinking, what the hell? But there, there wasn't a panic. There was no people blaming each other. They worked again so hard as a team. Changed tactics at halftime and went on to win the game. When you see Celtic going 1-0 down against St. Johnston, and everyone's looking at each other so blank, 
they want to blame each other. Lenin's not got a clue. It just looks like there's no nobody taking responsibility for that team. There's no leadership there. And as soon as they go one nil down, it looks like they're done. Do you know? Do you know? That's a great point, actually. Do you know what the difference is? Is that Celtic have always been, even before the nine in a row stuff, um, even back in the day, Celtic have always been. Celtic are one nil down in the eighty fifth minute. Ah, oh, they'll win. Yeah. They'll win two one. Right? They've always been that. I can't remember Celtic not being yeah. that. And it's totally flipped. Like, if Rangers were 1-0 down in the 85th minute, you're looking at I'd be like, Rangers, Rangers yeah. will win. Right? When Celtic went 1-0 yeah. down against St. Johnson, I'm like, they're, they're up, they'll be lucky to pull, pull one back. Greg, the how many times last season, Greg, would we watch the football and I'd have the Celtic score on flash score or whatever and it'd pop up and go, oh, Celtic <laughs> 1-0 down at half-time, Rangers are going to win the league. And then, before you know it, Celtic are 3-1 up. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. They just did that time and time again. Yeah. You never expect them to lose. And no matter what happened in the game, you expect the Celtic to go on and win it. And it's, that's what Rangers are doing now. Massively, totally massively. Fun. There's obviously, Scott, you're saying you get some message from um, a couple of boys that watch it that are Celtic fans and um, <laughs> saying that we're all, we're all Rangers cunts in that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's the reality. The fact of the yeah. matter is that is the reality of it right now. Yeah. I have no allegiance to the Rangers or Celtic. Or, if anything, I, my, only, my allegiance to anyone in Scotland is Hearts. So... At the end of the day, from what I see looking from the outside in, that's the reality is Rangers' mentality shifted and Celtic are crumbling with the fact that they've got to deal with number 10. And Greg, you made a great point when we were watching that game. If you're Celtic right now especially, but any team chasing the league, you want to play, I think you said you want to play first, right? You want to play before Rangers. I would say so. If you're chasing the... Because especially now that Rangers have, have got that lead... When Rangers are playing first, that lead just seems to always be getting extended. Yeah. Well, I think even if, if like, let's be honest, Rangers don't look like losing at the moment, but at least if you play first, you 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 have that mentality of, well, if we win, yeah, the points are closer and you never know what's going to happen later on. But when Rangers are playing first, getting points on the board, like what happened on Sunday, all that pressure is back on Celtic, especially with what's going on there at the moment. And that's why that's when I was saying that them being obviously not doing very well in the Europa League where Rangers are doing very, very well. That might not be a bad thing for Celtic because Rangers playing Thursday nights, they're always going to play Sundays. Mm. Celtic, when they're out of the Europa League, are going to start playing some Saturdays. I know for TV rights and whatnot, it's, um, it might still be the odd Sunday game, but they're going to start playing some Saturdays and they can start seeing that, that if they get a win, they do crop, crop points back. Mm. And I think... Especially the way that that Celtic, the mentality and the and what's going on in some of the Celtic players' heads right now, they just need some confidence. It seems like, and it's obviously not coming when they're dropping points and Rangers are extending their lead. Mm. So I think they need to just have that in terms of seeing the seeing the the lead decrease by playing first. Even if Rangers go on to win, at least you're having that that view of well, at least we've closed the gap. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, yeah. and just build up a little bit of confidence, but. 100%, Greg. It's a, it's a great point. No, it, it is. Just, it just doesn't look like it's going to... Uh, the I think pressure it, mounts on Celtic. I think it's too little too late now. I think not to speak too soon, but like Rangers just look, look a class above them at the moment. I mean, Rangers, Rangers are now 13 points ahead. Celtic still two games in hand, but that gaps, the points have got bigger from even just us doing this last week to now again, right? I mean... I, 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 I couldn't agree anymore. I think that's such a good point. And honestly, I think Celtic, if fans are pissed off about being out of the Europa League and that, I think it's a good thing. You, they need to fuck everything off. 
and just focus on the league. Like, it gives a shit. Like, even playing Hearts in the Scottish Cup coming up th- uh, this month, like, it gives a fuck about that. I mean, fucking, you need to get back on board and try and win the league because not only are you trying to stop your biggest rivals from winning the title, you're also going for a history, you know, record-breaking um, number 10 that you're going to do. You, you just need to completely focus on that and fuck everything else off. Yeah, we t- at least the Hearts game, it's one game. You can, yeah. And it's obviously to win, like, what? They're yeah. a quadruple treble or whatever. True, 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 true. Yeah, I just Josh, want Hearts to do fractions. Never mind. Uh, I, don't, I don't do but, fractions. Don't know what that means. Fair, the way it is right now, that game's in, what, a week and a half's time? 20th yeah. of December, isn't it? Yeah, 20th so, or so, yeah. 12 days' time. That, if any team's going to beat them, it's going to be Hearts. Uh, hearts, hearts, yeah. hearts will fancy that. Yeah. I just I need to say this. I genuinely feel sorry for Neil Lennon. Like the abuse he's getting and the treatment he's getting. Yeah, he's a Celtic legend. He does not yeah. deserve that. He's no, agreed. That he doesn't deserve that. I mean, ultimately, you know, for any Celtic fans that listen to this, I get it. You want your team to do well. It's shit when your team's not, especially yeah. with Celtic and Rangers. But guys, you've won the last nine in a row. You've won fucking eleven consecutive like domestic trophies or something. I mean. I get it, but calm, just calm down a bit. Like, fucking give the guy a bit of support. You can moan. You have the right to moan. You're a fan. You have the right to say shit. But showing up outside Parkhead's not going to do fuck all. You're only making it worse. Yeah. And it's quite bad, to be fair. And it's just quite it's a bit of entitlement, really. They feel like fucking they've not had anything else. Like, there's a lot of fans that won't, that are young, that won't know anything other than Celtic just dicking everybody. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, there's, there's one fan in particular, Conor Cleary. He's only supported Celtic for the last <laughs> six minutes. Yeah, it's true. That's Conor Cleary, yep. You did say you were going to shout about. There he goes. Um, <laughs> well, we'll finish. We'll finish that bit. We'll finish the Ross County Rangers game off on that then. Um, mo- moving, on to the, moving on to the next Sunday game um, that we watched, which was Spurs-Arsenal. I mean, it, it's, it's a derby game. Um, Mourinho... I mean, I, I think Mourinho might be back. I think Mourinho, Mourinho is, is back. back. I think Mourinho's back. Back. Uh, yeah, I, I think he is. But I, and and forgive me if I said this last week. But again, it comes down to if Kane and Son get injured. Nah, fair. If they get if they get injured, they're gonna struggle. If they can get lucky and they can keep those two fit, then under Jose Mourinho, they can give anybody a game with that team. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, watching that game, right? When we were watching that, they're running the Spurs players, even at 2 0 up, they're running around like we were just talking about the Chelsea and Leeds game. They're running around like mad to win the ball back. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the biggest sign that a team's bought into to the manager and the groups together, the mentality. I mean, I said this the other week when we did the We Recruitment um, podcast that Hoiberg signing was so Mourinho. Yeah. And he was the best player on the pitch by a mile. I mean, he, was, uh, he loves a bit of bite. He's good on the ball, but he loves to get stuck in. Like, he's, he's Mourinho's midfield general there. He was yeah. fucking quality against Arsenal. And, I mean, uh, Mourinho's got a little something going there. He looks he yeah. looks happy on the sideline. Some of this, the way he celebrated, like, put his arms uh, out. Like, turn around. So you know I mean, like, that, that, is, that is the Mourinho that we all grew up on at Chelsea and, and at Inter yeah. and at Porto. I mean, the he looks special like one is back. He looks like he's got his mojo back, eh? I was about to say that. I think that's a big thing as well. It looks like he's actually enjoying himself. I don't know if there's maybe less pressure at Spurs, but I don't imagine there yeah. is. Yeah. It wasn't maybe United, but United, he just looked so... 
out his, not out his comfort zone because he obviously can deal with any pressure. He's obviously a confident guy, but like at Spurs, he just looks happy. He looks like he's enjoying himself. He looks like he knows what he's expecting from the players again and they know what to expect from Mourinho and it just seems to be gelling. And, uh, and let's be honest, when even in the Amazon documentary, he came across as, as a guy that I never really imagined seeing him like that before. And I think it's just made such a difference and it really does seem like he, he's got something going there and they'll, they'll definitely be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. And when, what I was going to say when you said, can Chelsea win the league? I think there's more chance of Spurs win the league than Chelsea win the league. Mm. Yeah, Mourinho, Mourinho's got the now, so if he can keep Kane and Son fit, he's you got the now to do it. Greg. Oh, wow. Oh, you're fucking... Well, neither of them are going to win the league, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, who, finishes above, who finishes above each other? Tottenham will finish above Chelsea. Nah, Chelsea finish above Spurs. Right, I'll, you set the wage, I'll, I'll put it on with you. I like 20. this bit. Fiver. Okay. Five. Ooh, Tom Simmons can pay at the end of the year. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, I like that bet, but nah, Mourinho, Mourinho's, Mourinho's got a little something back for sure. Again, some stats, he's, he's never lost a home game in his career against Arsenal. Every time he's played them at home, he's won. He's never lost. Um, Spurs, by the way, have now played United, City, Chelsea and Arsenal and they've conceded just one goal. I mean, that's decent. Yeah. They, they, their, goal, their goal difference is very good. That, it's just it's vintage Mourinho, like 1-0, 2-0. I know they, they, they had a couple of blips earlier on in the season, the West Ham game and that, but they're, gonna be, they're just going to be hard to beat when you play them. So they, are they unbeaten in those games? Are they unbeaten against those four? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are unbeaten. They just conceded just one goal. United, they pumped United 6-1. They drew 0-0 with Chelsea. They beat uh, Arsenal 2-0. And then, how did they do against City? I'll Google it right now. Um, but they're, they're, they're looking absolutely solid. Um, they must have drawn 0-0 with City or something. I think they did. I'll find out now. I'll fucking check They're it, really but... hard to beat, but they're also so good going forward as well. Mourinho's got that blend of being hard to break down, but not killing the game. He's still playing yeah. attacking football. But he has got two of the best attackers in the world, like Son and Kane. Yes. Spurs City. Oh yeah, no, no, that's no, that was um they beat Spurs, they beat Man City 2-0. Son and LaCelso, yeah. They beat City 2-0 oh, as well. Because yeah, Mourinho's yeah, Mourinho said in his press conference after he was like, uh, congratulations to Mikel. He plays the same way as like Pep or something, and both both his both Arteta's and Pep's teams have lost to me 2-0 this season. Really? <laughs> Yeah, fucking brilliant, man. Um, um, speak, sorry, Scotty, when you said about the, the counter-attacking, I saw that I read this article about Mourinho um, and about him at, at Real Madrid, and it was just doing, it was just saying um, that he had he had Ronaldo, where's my, he had Ronaldo and um, Ronaldo and Benzema at Real, at Real Madrid when they played quite similar. They did, it wasn't pretty football. So I remember when they used to play Barca, Ronaldo used to get pissed off. They had to defend. Um, he had, Ronaldo had 120 goals for Mourinho, <laughs> which is fucking incredible, in 106 games. Um, and also got 33 assists. And then you had Benzema, who had 47 goals in 97 games with 23 assists. So I think he's kind of got like a little two together with Kane and Son that is almost similar to that going forwards on the break. They're fucking class. Yeah. They're very, very, very good. Um, 
on Harry on Harry Kane as well. He's he's just been he's been transformed on the Mourinho. He's he's, yeah. he's absolutely brilliant, isn't he? Everyone knew he could score goals. He was dangerous, but he's he's changed his game. His assist to Son again was a brilliant pass with his weaker foot behind. Yeah, not even. I mean, he's obviously added that part to his game and dropping in and getting the ball. But I think one of us mentioned it when when the game was on. Mm. He's he's also their best defender at set pieces. Oh. Everything yeah. that goes in the six yard box, he headers. Away. Yeah, he has turned Kane into one of those players that. Like a Milner, that you could be in any position, you wouldn't actually be worried. You could do a job. Yeah. You just he's that. You just put him on the pitch, and he will do something for you. He's he's got. I saw as well. He's got the most goal involvements in Europe's top five leagues this season. So it's like goals or assists. He's got eighteen altogether. So he's the best best goal involvement in the whole of Europe. He's he, he's looking good. Son, it suits Son too because he's quick. Son, Son will like playing one v one on the break. That's his skill. He likes. He's got great feet. He'll beat people. His goal was fucking phenomenal. I can't yeah. believe. I can't believe he hits yeah. it where he did. Obviously, well, Scotty, when he put it in, me and you couldn't believe. believe it. Nah, it was fucking Graham. Was it Graham Sudas? Was like, I wonder if the keeper yeah. maybe could have done that. Should better. the keeper have saved that? Nah, it's fucking vintage Sudas, man. Yeah. I mean, keeper, keeper didn't even see it coming. I didn't think he was going to hit it either. It was. It was fucking brilliant, but um, I had down here that my last thing about Spurs is going to be: can are they in the title race and can they win the league? But I think you guys putting a wee bet on says it all. I think Spurs got to watch out for Spurs and Mourinho. They'll they'll be there yeah. thereabouts if they keep their two men fit. Yeah, as Greg said, if they lose Kane or if they lose Son, can they can they still do it? But yeah, I mean more more Kane, I would say. I think yeah, Kane. You you got Lucas Moura and potentially Gareth Bale coming through. Yeah, but. yeah. If King, if King goes, they're, they're done. Yeah. Um, just quickly, before we move on to this game, to touch on Arsenal. I mean, uh, we've all kind of said together that Arteta does need a bit of time. The team the team is poor. I, I'm going to pull the starting 11 up while I talk here, but the team is the team is really poor. But that's the second away game in a row that Arsenal failed to produce a single shot on target. And I mean, with yeah. Aubameyang and Lacazette and with whoever else you partner them up with, that shouldn't be the case. I'd yeah, love to see your stat sheet from last year, but they were banging in goals. They were so good going forward, and they've just killed it. Bemian looks like a lazy bastard as well, by the way. They've got players that were doing all right at the, at the back as well, where like Hector Bellerin was fucking hopeless. Yeah, he was. Hector Bellerin was fucking terrible. You imagine putting him in your fantasy football team? What a <laughs> shamble. Apologies if, if Hector tunes into the podcast, but... Uh, I think he does, like. He was, he was a fucking Eek. shambles. I think we've seen a stat. They've, they've had more foul throws. <laughs> yeah. They've yeah. had Premier League goals in the last two months. Yeah. And, and uh, Hector Bellerin could have been flagged for about three more foul throws. Who's your manager, Josh Cannon? I know, mate. Fucking hell. They, uh... Their starting eleven is burnt Leno and goals, decent. I mean, okay. Should have saved It's arguably better. Yeah, I'd agree. They've got Rob Holden at the back. I think Rob. I'll just read this whole team out because I said this to you the other day on a walk, Greg. When you look at the team, in reality, when you step back, it's a team with a couple of decent forwards, and the rest are like a seventh, eighth place team. You've got burnt Leno. You've got Rob Holden. You've got Gabriel, who I actually like. I think he could be decent. You've got Tierney. Um, you've got Bellerin, Thomas Partey, Granit Xhaka, um, Saka, Abamyang, Lacazette, William. They just need to get rid of. They just need to improve a little bit on the keeper. Rob Holding could do with a bit. I don't think that Saka's good enough. Granit Xhaka's not good enough. 
Bellerin's been in the league for a while. I, I, I don't know. I think they can improve on him. It's just, it's not very, it's not Rob great, Holt is it? sounds like he should play for Stoke. He does sound like he should play for Stoke. By the way, Kieran Tierney is an outstanding left-back. I yeah, like he's Tierney. He's world-class. I, I do like world Tierney. World-class left-back. But... He, that, he, looks like, he looks like a place in that team. He is too good for that team. Aubameyang, Lacazette and William, and they didn't even register a single shot on goal. I mean, that's poor. With that yeah, front three. Aubame, I think we spoke about we all had him in the fantasy team at the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, but Aubameyang has... This must comfortably be his, his worst season ever for, for Arsenal mm. and maybe even Dortmund as well, if you include Which is weird that Arteta's come from Guardiola the absolute king of attacking fast-paced football, and he's killed Arsenal's attack. I think well, Arsenal were so poor at the back. Yeah, he's needed to improve them. That he's lit. I think he's probably said, like, right, I'm going to sacrifice going forward a wee bit to try and work out. Because he's obviously a clever guy. He's going to yeah. try and win games 0-0. Yeah. It's probably bit him in the arse a wee bit because, because now they're not scoring goals, and by the way, they're still also not that good at the back. Yeah. Yeah, they're still not great. In in that game, Aubameyang didn't even produce a shot on target, create a chance, or dribble past anyone 1v1. Of all 22 players that started the game, he also had the fewest touches. So, well, they're not getting the ball to him, though. Yeah, I know. No, it's it's definitely not all his fault. But, but Greg, was, it, was it not the second goal that Spurs scored? That Greg, he, Aubameyang had a chance to go and score, but he was so mm. lazy, he didn't even go to the ball. And yeah. then the Spurs nicked it, went up the other end of the pitch and scored. And they're holding midfielders off the side. Yeah, guy, pulling a hamstring. When when they when he signed a new when he signed a new deal with them, I was kind of like, "Fuck, that's decent that they've kept him." But since he signed the new deal, it's he's not yeah. been that. You know, even when they played Liverpool early on in the Charity Shield and in the, in the league as well, he was dangerous against us. But since then, he's been he's been piss poor. The Arsenal training must be so defensive, though. Must yeah. be horrible for someone like Abemian. Yeah, he's again. We've said this. Arteta, Arteta needs a bit of time, right? Like he needs a bit of time, but he, he's definitely not getting a lot of stick. He's lucky because he's not getting stick because I think people agree that the team's pretty average. But one thing that Mourinho said in his interview after the game, he might have been a bit tongue in cheek, but I do believe him because a few managers have said this. He did say, in fairness to to Arteta, he was like tactically he gave us a really really difficult game in terms of his tactics and. Mourinho said he was really proud of his team because that's something they've not been good at is to, on the pitch, work out what the other team's doing tactically and work away around it. And he did give Arteta credit for that. So Arteta's got a little something about him. He needs, he needs, he needs money, he needs a bit of time, and he needs to get a few fucking players in. You know what I don't really get, though? How, and I know it's all swings and roundabouts and form and that, but when, when Liverpool played them, we beat them 2-1. Mm. And... Obviously, they went one a lot, but that was arguably the best that we played, maybe minus Sunday, but probably the best that we've played all year. And we've only just edged past them 2-1. And I remember us talking about that afterwards and saying, like, oh, they really look like they're going somewhere. They're, like, they're going to be there, like, not there or thereabouts, but they'll be challenging for top four. Mm. Where, but since then, nothing's changed. They've still got the same players. I don't really think anyone's too injured, as far as I'm aware. No. And now they look... They, they definitely don't look like that side that gave us a decent game a few months back. No, it's like the, the bounce of the Arteta, like, new, it's, you know, it's all new in training, his training's good. That initial bounce has kind of, like, dipped and come level now, hasn't it? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think, because, like, you know when a manager takes over a team that's, like, almost going to get relegated, they always do amazing for, like, 
yeah. five, six games because it's new training, it's a new thing. I just think it's worn off a bit. But to finish off on Arsenal before we do the last game, they're, they are 15th on 13 points. Um, I mean, where do we think, where do we think they're going to finish this season? They'll do They'll finish in the top half. Yeah. And, I don't, and I, when I say that, I think they'll be ninth or 10th. They'll squeeze into the top half. I'd far rather back Leeds than I would Arsenal. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I potentially would fancy Leeds to finish higher than Arsenal. I think Leeds will finish higher than Arsenal this season. Greg's, Greg's not sure. Do you fancy nah, a fiver, Cannon? No, nah, I think he's might be right. Well, who, who do you want to bet, Scotty? You can't. You can't. Oh, can't both have leads. We both want leads. So, but I mean, I'm I'm down to I'm down to I'm down to do that next week or do it in private and announce it next week if someone wants to take a wee a wee bet on that. But yeah, I think Leeds could finish higher than Arsenal. I think they could. I think they could. Don't know if they will, but who knows? Who knows where they're going? I think they'll be they'll be pretty average this season. Um, last game we'll talk about, which was the last game uh, of the of the weekend. Um. We'll, we'll go over it quickly because I don't think there's there's too much to say, but it was Liverpool Wolves. Um, I think if anyone was watching that game, not just from not just from our perspective, that game was far more comfortable from Liverpool than I imagined it would be with the yeah. players that we were missing. Without without Van Dijk, I know Trent came on. Without Trent, Thiago still not in the team. Um, no Allison. You've got the young kid in goal, and Wolves are a decent team. They never really threatened at all, and it was real comfortable for Liverpool. Yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed in Wolves to be honest. I, I, as you say, I thought they would give us a decent game, and and they didn't really offer anything at all. They, like for example, they played way better against Arsenal the week before, um, and they like they, they definitely played better. We obviously were at Anfield last year when we played Wolves, and mm. if anything, they probably should have beat us that day. Yeah, agreed. Um, and so they they're definitely better than what they produced yesterday um, on Sunday. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think I think as I say, that's probably Liverpool's best performance of the year. Fans back in Anfield probably giving that little boost, and uh, all in all, pretty pretty comfortable. Um, going forward, as you say, players missing, blah blah blah. But as long as you've got that front three, you're always going to do all right. Andy Robertson, I know we were talking about it, Cannon, best left back in the world at the moment when playing for Liverpool. Don't know about when he's playing for Scotland, but playing for Liverpool, best left back in the world. Um, for me and yeah just look pretty comfortable pretty yeah sorry Scott before you say anything I, I had this down as my last point because I'm I'm saying if I agree with you Greg if anyone disagrees that Andy Robertson is not the best left back in the world right now f- fuck all that shit about well I don't know about he does it for Scotland and that uh, you're blind and you're just completely jealous because he's miles he's fucking miles I'd, I'd fucking message me message the boys comment on this if you watch it who the fuck is better than Andy Robertson at left back? Please put it out there because I can't fucking think of anyone. I was going to say Barisic. The most oh. Scottish thing ever. Kieran Tierney's <laughs> a better left back than Robertson, and we've got fucking two world class left backs. Uh, he's definitely no better than Robbo, but Tierney's he's a better decent. left back than Robbo. Nah, I'm not fucking having it, Scott. Oh, You're off the fucking Robbo. podcast. It's a yeah. shambles. Now he is. He's got a career. We'll start our own podcast then. Huge <laughs> 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 He fucking is. Anyone? Wait, wait. On the uh, Wolves game, I think Wolves massively are, they're going to struggle without Jimenez. I think mm. he's their talisman. He's their their main guy. 
and they went down. They went behind due to mistake from their captain as well. And it can't be a good feeling for the team when you go down one 0 to a team like Liverpool to a, just a stupid mistake like Cody's. I don't know. If no, that, I think I may no, have massively. Massively. What what play? You're right, Scott. And, and what plays into it was that was Liverpool's 65th game unbeaten at Anfield. So you go there as a player. You know those. You know it's a difficult game. You know that that's the case. Um, Liverpool, the Liverpool players know that, and they want to make history and keep going. It won't be a big part of their team talk or their weekly, their weekly chat with Klopp, but they all know the fucking record, yeah. and they'll want to keep it going. You want, you don't want to lose at home. So I agree. When especially when your your captain makes the mistake, yeah. it makes it even more fucking difficult. Dave, uh, and to add to that, Liverpool have won thirty-one of their last thirty-two home league games, only drawing one. Scoring 93 goals while conceding only 25. I mean, good luck to anyone that comes to Anfield. Man, again, again, you can say we're biased. The, the stats back it up. Liverpool are, are clearly one of the best teams in the world right now. Um, there's absolutely no doubt in it. Speaking of them having their 65 games unbeaten, I checked Chelsea's record. Chelsea's <laughs> record at Stamford Bridge was 86 games unbeaten. That's mad. Do either of you two know who beat them? What? I know the answer to this. What's the answer? And I only know because I've seen an interview with, with Jamie Carragher, and I think they beat them in like the October, mm-hmm. and the journalist asked Carragher if that makes Liverpool favourites for the league. Uh, and Carragher shoots him down, and he's like, no, because it's October. There you go, you um, are correct. Yeah. You, you are correct, Greg. I think it was a Xabi Alonso goal for 1-0, actually, they beat it. Well, uh, so. Was have, how many managers was that game of that Chelsea team? Or was it all Mourinho? That was Mourinho, I think. I was think I'll I'll check. Mourinho must I don't know because think Klopp's think how long Klopp's been there for. I don't know what was on. Did, did, um, also, can we go back to a point in this? Well, after, after. Go for it, Greg. No, it, it couldn't be Mourinho if it was away because they got to the Champions League final and Mourinho wasn't their manager at the Champions League final. Uh, was, it? was it Carlo Ancelotti? Yeah, I think it's it cycled through a couple managers. Started yeah. Mourinho for sure. Still, still that that team though is mental. Like Eighty six games. That is mental, eh? Like when you think that, when you think that, um, when you think how 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 long Liverpool have gone, it feels like ages. I mean, the fact that they're what twenty one games still behind that—that's fucking insane. Yeah. That's fucking it? class. You know who our draw was against in the last thirty three or thirty two? Have you said who did we draw with? Ah, Anfield. Everton. No? Ah, was it Everton? Did we draw 1-1 one, one with them like, um, in the season we didn't win the league? Remember when City yeah. pipped us? I think we drew with it. I think that was at Anfield. I could be wrong. but What was, I was, just, what was the Man City unbeaten record? Was it, it was only 28 games, wasn't it? Yeah, they, yeah, they went like league games. In, you're I thinking think like went, league games. I think row, they went yeah. 30, yeah. Because I, mean, I say that team was unreal as well. But yeah, only that was unreal. Imagine going 86 games unbeaten at home. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent record. Um, I'll tell you what, we had this debate the other week at the Castle after a few pints about, about Adrian, but that young Kelleher's come in and doesn't look, not that he doesn't look out of place, he's obviously not Alisson, but his personality, he looks confident, he comes out for crosses, he's happy to play. Adrian looks scared shitless yeah. when he plays, man. He, looks, he just hangs on his line and doesn't, and it's amazing that he's an experienced goalkeeper. I just doesn't have the confidence and personality just to play 10 yards hard. Do you know what I mean? It's incredible. Fair play to young Kelleher because if I kept the clean sheet against Ajax and he's kept the clean sheet against Wolves, that's not two easy games. 
Yeah, and he made a great save when was it Podin tries to chip it in the far corner? Ah, uh, yeah, he did. He did. I think he'll start tomorrow night too again. So I think we'll rest a few players tomorrow night. He'll I was play. About to say, I think we'll rest quite a few. You see, they spelt his name wrong in the first half. Did they? Of, yeah, they missed out one of the E's on the back uh, of his. Do they have Josh Cannon doing the spelling? Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you see that? I'm going to show you this actually. What have, I, what have I put? How do we think we spell Tavernier? Ah, oh, yeah, mate. Tavernier had got that wrong. Uh, well, actually, it's, it's going to have to go to an Instagram poll. We'll, we'll put it on tomorrow. We'll put it on. We'll put it on. You're nowhere near close. By the way, that's because when you when I type this up on my notes on my MacBook, it doesn't come up with the wee lines underneath to Ooh, tell me to change its film. So it's <laughs> bad. Um, um, fuck. I, I, I'm gonna gonna finish with two last things here. We saw this the other night, and then Greg, you, I couldn't believe who you said had more. But Sats, that that goal for Salah. Uh, he's now scored 84 Premier League goals, which is the, the same as Cristiano Ronaldo. He's a bit weird, eh? Because even as a Liverpool fan, or if you're not a Liverpool fan, he has games where he pisses you off and doesn't do shit. But again, if you look at his fucking stats, they're insane. Yeah, when he walks about with his, like, his hands and his sleeves and whatnot, yeah. it's annoying, but he's obviously class. Picks up so many goals. He is. I, I, re- I re-watched a bit of uh, Moneyball the other night just because it, w- it was on. And uh, there's a great bit in it where they basically say that the whole thing on the money ball is it's per, the reason the big teams don't want to sign these players is because of their perception. You know, the guy that has like the gammy arm that, yeah, throw, throws like, it on you know hand, what I mean? Yeah. But he's like, however, we could use him here and look what he'd get us. Sal is kind of like that. Like, if you watch him sometimes, you're like, fucking hell, man. He just runs into people. But then if you look at his, if you look at his stats, you're like, holy shit. Like, he fucking backs it up. So, um, yeah. fucking Super Mo, the Egyptian king. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to finish with this statement, and if you boys want to add anything to it, you can. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, obviously, partly as a Liverpool fan, but even taking my Liverpool hat off, if you finish above Liverpool this season in the league, you win it. I think if you finish above Liverpool, you've come first. I would agree, which is my argument for that's why Tottenham and Chelsea won't win the league, because they won't finish above Liverpool. What do you think, Scotty? Sorry, Oli is going to take the bus and we're going to go to the top of the league. <laughs> Fucking better than that, man. Also, before we finish, how good is it having fans back at football games? Yeah. Oh, mate. Even just a couple thousand, yeah, it was quality, thousand. wasn't it? It was quality. Apart from Millwall fans, get them to fuck. Yeah, I was a fucking shambles. But Absolute having shambles. Having fans back in stadiums. What do, you, what do you think the United score will be? Kicks off in 10 minutes. I think, you know what? I think it's 2-2 and they go through. I think, I think it'll be 1-1 and they'll go through. Yeah, I think they draw. Ooh. Scotty? 3-1 Red Bull. Oof. I hope so. I'll have, I'll have three Red Bulls after the game and finish. Ollie's at the wheel, but he's getting knocked out of yeah. Champions fuck, League. Fuck, fuck the Diddy Cup. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the Diddy Cup, mate. Well, I want Rangers Man United next round Europa League. I want to see that. I want to see that. And if there's 2,000 fans, you need to get yourself in the ballot, mate. Get, yeah, get and Glasgow and, into Tier 2. We'll get Thomas Simmons' dad to get the tickets. <laughs> Cheers for that, Gordon. Cheers. Um, hey, right. How good was the podcast, like Matthew? That was fucking brilliant, yeah, mate. I think brilliant. we'll just keep. I just think we'll just keep it like this. Uh, won't even. Won't even invite him again. It was. It was. It was a lot quieter. Might be controversial for his fans. He's built up. A, he's built up a bit of a fan base. Yeah, he to be fair, nation, he's the nation's sweetheart. I think he might. Yeah, he might be considered the fans' favorite. So we'll have to try and squeeze him in here. Rumor, have it, rumor has it he might be off the market though, ladies. Oh, oh Scott, you can't say something like that on the podcast, uh. man. Rumor has it you'll have to you'll have to DM to find out, girls. I don't think I don't think there's a single girl that watches this, and if you do, thank you. 
Um, <laughs> right. We're all single I, as well. Yeah, well, yeah, we're all, yeah. That's why we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, listen, lads, another decent chat. I appreciate you doing it. Um, and uh, we'll fucking be back at it again next week. Cheers. Perfect. Cheers. Cheers.